Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 142 days, I wish you a happy Rockets game day. That's right. Jeremy Brenner here. Welcome to Harden My Take. And today we are breaking down, previewing the first Rockets game in 142 days. Michael Brown, this day has finally come. Unbelievable. Uh, it's been a long time since we've had NBA basketball, uh, but what a glorious, beautiful, amazing, spectacular day to be doing a podcast with one of my favorite human beings on this planet. You, Sir Jeremy Brenner, and myself will get Rockets Nation ready, psyched, amped, ready to go for some Rockets basketball tonight. Thank you. That was a that's that's a hard uh, that's a hard introduction to follow. But um, I mean, the last Mike, I don't I think this is as long as I've known you because I think we started Harden My Take right after the season suspended, and we have been waiting 142 days since uh, since the league decided to suspend operations for the first part of the year due to COVID nineteen. And now we are here nearly four months later, or over four months later at that, uh, with actual Rockets basketball to watch, dissect, break down, and discuss. The good news is, is that there's a lot to talk about. Um, you know, the unfortunate injury to, to Eric Gordon, to, you know, what our thoughts are, you know, with the matchup against the Mavericks. Um, coaching superstars. I mean, it's an exciting time. The Rockets definitely are in the top echelon of teams that we should be talking about when it comes to the possibility of winning a championship. So uh, it's great to be talking basketball, real legitimate basketball now uh, for hopefully the foreseeable future. Yes. And there's a whole lot to read about as well on the dreamshake.com home of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can catch AK's preview of tonight's game on thedreamshake.com. You can catch our uh, our podcast from Monday, uh, breaking down the first two preseason games. We won't go too much into detail about that third preseason game, Boston, on Tuesday. But um, we also have so much to talk about. We really want to zoom in and focus on tonight. Because tonight, Mike, might be the most important game of the season in, in these eight games that we have here. It definitely is. Um, you know, you, you look at the Rockets right now who are a game and a half up on Dallas with eight to go. And if they can find a way to win this game, then you go up two and a half with seven left. 
compared to if they don't win this game, then they're only up half a game with seven left. Uh, for seeding purposes, for the potential of a Rockets-Mavericks first-round series, I think uh, this is a game that the Rockets must win. This is an absolute 100% must win in my eyes. And I know people hate that term, uh, must win, unless it actually is a must win. I don't agree with that. This is a must win game, in my opinion. This game will set the tone Absolutely. for how these eight games will go and for how the rest of the season will go. I really, I mean, we, we, we talked about Dallas and how they're not as far back as we think. It's a game and a half. So a win for Dallas puts Houston and Dallas, that margin, just half a game. And with this game being, I believe, the third game in the season series, it's tied 1-1. This is the rubber match right here. So the Rockets could put some significant distance between them and Dallas with a win, but with a loss, they the pressure builds with a loss. The Dallas Mavericks are a team that it's they're dangerous. Bottom line is... They've got two superstars. They've got good auxiliary pieces to their superstars. They have a phenomenal coach uh, in Rick Carlisle. And the Rockets equally have those things. You know, they have a good coach. They have the superstars. They have the auxiliary pieces. But I, what is your opinion on, you know, standings? You know, it, home court advantage is, is out the door. Um so I think that, you know, you want to try and win this game to better position yourself to choose, not necessarily choose, but put yourself in the best position to play the best team that you have the chance of beating in the first round. So while seeding is the most important, you know, home court advantage is out the door. So I, I look at it just more of a, from a matchup standpoint that I hate the Mavericks and I want to beat them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so for me. We, if we put it into a perspective here, the Mavericks are seven, right? And chances are it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers in the top two. Mm -hmm. Now, Clippers only have a, a game and a half of a lead between two and three. And with the Clippers, um, and this is also, we're recording this right in the middle of the third quarter of the first game tonight. So, by the time this goes out into the airwaves, the Clippers and Lakers would have already played. Those numbers could be uh, different than what we're talking about now. Uh, same with Utah, just putting that out as a, as a disclaimer. But, I mean, look, four games separate the Clippers and the Rockets. If the Clippers were to lose tonight, it'd be three and a half. And there's so much in this in these couple of games that could dictate everything. Chances are, let's assume the Clippers are two. That's the team you don't want to play until you absolutely have to. If you have to play them in the first round, you'll give them a series. But as we've talked about in the podcast, the Clippers and the Lakers are the two teams that we as Rockets fans are probably the most concerned about. The Clippers are for me. I, yeah, and, I still, and look, the Lakers are far and away number one, and the Rockets are not getting to number eight. So the Lakers are not a possibility to play in the first round for the Rockets, but the Clippers are, especially if the Rockets lose this game. Yeah. I, I still don't understand 
the national love that the Lakers are getting. I don't get it. Well, it's and, the Lakers. It's LeBron. Okay. It's the Lakers. Right. It's, okay. See, like, how can you not like the Lakers, honestly? Because the LeBron James has never competed in a Western Conference playoffs. Anthony Davis has been out of the first round one time. They don't have their floor general in Rajon Rondo. They're missing their best perimeter defender in Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to keep in mind, Mike, this is L.A. And L.A. teams are going to get more love than, you know, that, like, the fact that they are the Lakers is part of the reason why teams see them in this light. Sure. I'll say this. If you take away, like, I'm going to use this as an example. And, and I think the L.A. guys has a lot to do with it. If you take the Denver Nuggets, the roster, and you take the Clippers roster, and you swap their cities, I think that the Nuggets roster under the Clippers brand would receive a lot more love than it is the other way around. It's, it's, a, great, it's a good point. So, uh, so that's, that's why I think the Lakers get that concern, and I don't want to you know, go too far into that because that's a podcast conversation for a different day. But at this point, the Rockets, their goal for these eight games should be two things. One, get ready for the playoffs. And two, avoid the Clippers at all costs for the first round. Um, to a certain extent. I mean, look, if, if you want to get through the Western Conference, you're going to have to play them. I mean, with what we've seen this week with Eric Gordon, I mean, if Eric Gordon comes back, who knows how long he'll be healthy for. You may want to play the Clippers in the first round with a, with your best team. I don't see to me. That's not how that, that's not how I see it, because, for instance, like last year, um, you played the Warriors uh, in the second round versus the conference finals. And I'd much rather have played them in the conference finals than the second round because because they would have gone further. But. Also, I think we, we forget also, you know, how much this, these Western Conference standings are going to change. Because Utah is a game ahead of the Rockets, but if Utah, you know, and they're down five, as I'm saying this out loud, if they were to lose this game and the Rockets win, the Rockets are tied with the Jazz. And that's a whole new thing. And honestly, from just three quarters of watching the Jazz, they look suspect. They look real suspect, Mike, and I'm concerned with them moving forward. They have a difficult schedule. They have to play the Lakers. Um, They have to play Oklahoma City on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game for them. They have to play Denver in a week. So they have a rough – they have a difficult schedule. They're struggling against New Orleans, and that is probably one of their easier games on the schedule, to be honest. So I think Utah could fall, and that could help the Rockets. But also, if the Rockets aren't playing their game, that could, you know, that's also part of it too. Is if you're not going to be the two, if you're not going to be the seven seed, you're going to be a three through six. You're going to play a good team in the playoffs, a team that can beat you. I I wouldn't put I wouldn't hold it past. Um, and this is assuming Utah is seven. I wouldn't put it past Dallas the Thunder, or the Nuggets, I think they all have potential to beat the Rockets in a seven-game series if the Rockets aren't careful enough. I completely agree with you. And and bringing it back to this Rockets-Mavericks 
matchup and why it's so fascinating. Do you know what the New Orleans Pelicans and the Utah Jazz don't have combined? They don't have a superstar playing in this game. The Rockets and the Mavericks both have NBA superstars on their teams. Arguably, they have two each. That's why the team who wins this thing in Orlando is going to be a team that just has their superstars get hot. I mean, just infinitely give me the ball and get out of my way. Neither one of these teams have that. I don't think Denver has that. I think Jokic is a really, really nice player. But in today's game, he's not a superstar that can completely take over not only a game, but win you a series. The Rockets and the Mavericks both have those guys. Porzingis, Doncic, Harden, and Westbrook are all guys that if they get hot and say, give me the ball and get out of my way, they could win this thing for sure. And I agree with you that I think standings are going to change and they're going to fluctuate. Ideally, I don't want to see the Clippers in the first round. But as you and I have both said, I'm not scared of anybody. If I'm the Rockets, not one team puts the fear of God into me and says, I don't want to see you in the first. I don't want to see you in a playoff series. I will take my chances with this Rockets team against anybody. Period. End of story. So bringing it back to the Superstars thing and bringing it back to the Dallas game, do you think that's how this game will be decided? Which Superstars are performing their best? Yeah, I do. Especially with the Rockets and Eric Gordon going down. that This is even more of a James Harden. This is your time, my man. You, everybody's been talking about you. Everybody's been saying how good you look, how good, you know, all your workout videos. You're running around in the sand. You look good. You look great. Awesome. You look good in three meaningless scrimmages. Fine. The lights are on. Um, this, this is your time. These are, this is a playoff game. If you're James Harden, give me one player on the Dallas roster that you can say will cover James Harden and is able to lock him down for 48 minutes. I don't think that they they will lock him down, but I think that they that he can be contained. Okay. And well, so like, I mean, let let's bring it back here. We we we've discussed this previously. Um, on one podcast, I think when we were discussing, when we were previewing the eight-game schedule, uh, like I guess almost a month ago, which is crazy to think, but um, we were talking about this Dallas game right here and how in that first game, Luca, uh, back all the way back in November, uh, where Luca just totally dominated that game and and just took the Rockets out of it. He had forty-one. And he outplayed James Harden. James Harden at 32. And that was a big reason why they won. Porzingis, 23. And Westbrook, 27. So as a duo, Harden and Westbrook combined 59. And Luka and Porzingis, 64. And the Mavs won that game. And there's a lot of reasons also why the Riots uh, lost that game. More because Harden was 2 of 15 for 3. I don't think we're going to see that tomorrow. Ben McLemore, 0 of 6 for 3. I don't think we're going to see that tomorrow either. Um, so that, that's, I think, why the the score was so wide. It was a 14-point loss. But I think that, you know, if the Rockets had only made a couple more of those threes, I mean, Luka outplayed James Harden. He's capable of doing that. And that probably is the biggest red flag for me. 
for this game is that Luca is going to do something like he did back in November. He's going to 40 and 10 and the Rockets just won't have enough to match that. Let me ask you a question. Defensively, who would you rather have on the court, Eric Gordon or Austin Rivers? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Woj said this when he was talking about Eric Gordon's loss to the team. And he called him the best defender on the Rockets, which I thought was sounded a bit far-fetched. Like, I was like, really, Woj? Like, that does not sound right. Um, I was... I don't think Eric Gordon, I think Eric Gordon's a good defender and I would much rather have him on the floor covering Luca than most, but keep in mind also there's like Covington is, is with the team now versus, um, versus Capella that changes, that changes this game versus that November game. Uh, There's, there's, there's various differences between this game and that game. The Rockets only played seven guys for the rotation in this game. And I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow or today. I think it's a godsend. I mean, to be honest with you, as it pertains to D'Antoni having to open up his roster a little bit. And I asked this question because I think the most underappreciated and underutilized tool that Mike D'Antoni has in his tool belt, if you will, is Austin Rivers. And I think people forget that Austin Rivers – I guarantee you turned down more money in the offseason to come back and join this team. Austin reported on. Do what? He's he has. That's been that's been confirmed by reports. Right. So the he's a guy when you have Eric Gordon on the court, you he's a guy that has to shoot his way out of a funk. And he does it too much. Austin Rivers is a guy that he knows, okay, if my shot's not going, I'm just going to take the ball to the hole. And he does it a lot. I think he, he's a great slasher. I think he's a team-first kind of guy. And I think he's going to help defensively a lot more tonight than people think. He's a guy that you can put on Seth Curry and say, just go cover Seth Curry. Don't let him you know, go off for... The last time that the Rockets and the Mavericks played, Seth Curry had 16 points. Austin Rivers is the perfect guy on this team to say, go cover him, take him out. You know, not take him out. You know what I mean, defensively, mm-hmm. right? And I think, I don't know who, you know, I think they've said Daniel House is going to start tonight. Um, I don't remember if I saw that definitively. I think D'Antoni may have said he's leaning towards starting House. I think Daniel House being in the starting lineup is going to improve his uh, his, uh, what am I trying to say? His, uh, give him some confidence. confidence. Confidence is the perfect word. Uh, even and I think Austin, yeah. Even but, though it's, it's kind of like a, you know, Hey, we're only starting you because we can't start Eric Gordon, but. But how many times, how many guys in the, in the history of this league have made careers out of a situation like Daniel House is in? Yeah. Uh, and, and Hey, you know, that's, that's how he burst on the scene last year. Sure. And that's why, you know, he got the con- the nice contract that he got. He earned it. He's going to have to earn his playing time again. Daryl Morey said it a couple weeks ago when he said that this is huge for Daniel House's career. Uh, that's pretty – it's a pretty interesting statement from the general manager of your team when he calls out a specific guy saying this is a huge moment in his career. Um, 
But I take the game in November. This is a completely different world to me. This yeah. is shaking off the rust. We've seen rust in this, you know, last night's um, New Orleans Utah game. You know, they had to work through that. The good news is James Harden looks like he has absolutely no rust on him. Uh, I think yeah. Russell Westbrook does a he, bit. I don't know. He, he looks like he looks better than anyone in, yeah. in the bubble so far. In in the in the preseason, he looks like he's fine. What are your thoughts on Westbrook? The way he's he's looked, what do you expect from him tonight? So I think from from Westbrook, what I would like to see is I I don't necessarily know if I'm looking for a specific stat line. I'd like to see him shoot 50% or better from the field. I I don't think that's too much to ask for. I would like to see him score at least 20. But also, if that doesn't happen, I'd just like to see him reduce turnovers because that's a big thing that we saw in these preseason games that we the Rockets need to touch up on. They committed way too many turnovers in these in these three games. Yeah. So um, I'd like to see Westbrook take care of the ball and just not turn the ball because that's the easiest way for the Rockets to lose games because you're giving – like the Rockets thrive on scoring off of turnovers and winning that battle during the game is how many points you score off turnovers and how many points you score on the fast break. And the Rockets are good at that. And the easiest way to lose these games is to allow another team to beat you at your own game. And if you, if you give turnovers, then they're going to, you know, catch up to you at that, at that stat. And that's a stat the Rockets need to win because they're giving up rebounds. They're giving up uh, defense a lot of the time. So if the Rockets can simply just, Force turnovers, limit their own turnovers, force Dallas to turn the ball over. That'll be that'll be great because that's how the Rockets are going to win this game. Is they're going to win the fast break game? I think it was interesting the the Celtics announcers the other night. I was listening to their feed while watching the game. And I think I, I don't remember. I don't know who said, you know which one of the guys said it, but they basically said that when the Rockets get out on the break and they're hitting their threes, they're as hard to beat as anybody. And I think tonight's game is no different. Uh, the Mavericks rotation, the, the number of guys that they can throw at you, I don't know about you, there's nobody I hate as a player more in this league than J.J. Barea. I, I don't know if I've told you that before. I hate him. I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's something about his face, the way he plays. I feel like he's been in the league as long as I've been alive. I'm almost 30 years old. I feel like he's played for 30 years. Well, are we even sure that J.J. Barea is going to be in the Mavs playoff rotation? That backcourt is pretty pretty busy. Yeah. Well, I mean, even him on the bench. Like, if I see his face, it, it's enough to just turn it. Just turn my day. Um, yeah. That's the other thing that I want to get your take on is, you know, you look at their, their roster, right? And you have Porzingis, you have uh, Doncic. Then you have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith. You have guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. You have Jalen Brunson, um, Willie Cauley-Stein, 
they got a lot of dudes that they're going to throw at the Rockets tomorrow night. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel like Carlisle always has one of the longer rotations, number of guys that he's playing. Uh, do you think that if he plays a larger number of players, that works to the Rockets' advantage, or do you think it's the Rockets' disadvantage? Well, I, I think that I don't. Anytime you have depth, I don't see that as a good. Like I don't see that as a good thing for Houston. Like I don't. Like I just don't. To me, that that's not appealing. I mean, Dallas has that's scary because Dallas can beat you in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to think who who do you think is going to be guarding Harden tomorrow? Like the primary defender, Tim Hardaway Jr. See, I'm not entirely convinced with that. Well, what do you think is going to be it then? I I could see it being I could see it being a number of guys and I do think that I do think that there will be several options for the Mavs. My guess though is that Dorian Finney-Smith just because he's long and he's rather quick for a guy that's his size at 6-7 he can he can you know when when Harden you know backs up for 3 he has the wingspan to be able to defend that and he's quick he's six up in he's similar you know size he's only 220 pounds so he's pretty pretty quick pretty lean i i would expect him to be uh the primary defender but i'd expect hardaway to get some uh get some time defending him but also keep in mind seth curry is someone that the rockets need to worry about yes because chances are, I, I would see this. I think the the starting lineup that Dallas is going to push out, it's going to be Luka, Seth Curry. I'd say Dorian Finney-Smith starts at the three. Um, they'll go with Kristaps at the four and Powell at the five. Okay, but in that in that five, who who's Seth Curry going to cover on the Rockets? Because if you say Russell Westbrook, then let's go, let's rot, let's eat. Because he will eat Seth Curry alive. No, I think I think Luca is going to guard Russ. Again, let's ride, let's go. Good, that's perfect. I, don't, I wouldn't be so. I wouldn't be like that. I wouldn't be so sure about that. I, he's not. He's not. I don't think for an extended period of time he will ha- He can stay with with Westbrook. I don't think. Well, the the thing is, just offensively, he's a problem, and I would ex- like if that were the if that were the lineup that the Mavs throw out, I would expect Russ to be guarding Seth Curry. Um, I think that's the matchup. It depends on if they start if the Rockets start Daniel House. Then yeah, I would agree with you. Um. I'm going to be interested to see who they put on because I'm, my assumption is you're probably going to put Covington on Porzingis for the most part. Um, Westbrook probably covers Curry. Tucker probably covers Doncic. And who are the other two that you put out there? I'd put Powell and Porzingis in the front court. Hmm. Yeah, then you, you're probably going to end up with House on, on Doncic and Tucker on – the other big, it's gonna I, be. I think it's gonna be Tucker on 
Um, that's that's a, that's the question. The Rockets. Is, Covington goes on Luca, right? No, Covington's gonna have to cover. You don't think Zingas. so? No, Co- Covington has to cover Porzingis. See, I think PJ can cover Porzingis. No, I think Darker is gonna cover Doncic. You think? Yeah. You have to have. I mean, you have to take your longest defender, which is Covington, and you have to put him on Porzingis because I mean, Porzingis is 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 huge. Mm-hmm. So you got to put Covington on him. Now the Rockets uh, switch enough that all of these guys are going to end up covering everybody. But ideally, I think you put Covington on Porzingis. You have to put Tucker on Doncic. Yeah, I mean, excuse Doncic me is the best player. Excuse me for this. I, I made a mistake. I, I thought I was I remembered that Willie Cauley Stein was not gonna be in the bubble, but I what I didn't remember was that Dwight Powell also isn't in the bubble. Interesting. Okay. So the I, it's taken me like forever because now that the season started, the NBA has tried so hard to like push back and make it super impossible for the Mavs uh, box score to show up from their last scrimmage. And this is the five they put out. They put out Luca and Seth in the backcourt, Porzingis at the five, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, and Hardaway at the three. Yeah. That, which which that, I, would, I would put money on that's going to be their route. That's going to be their starting five tomorrow or today. Right. So, you, so, you, so with that five, yeah, I mean, you'd put Covington on, on – on uh, what's his name? Covington on Porzingis. On, Por- on Porzingis. You put Tarker on uh, on uh, Doncic. Russ with Seth. Uh, House with Hardaway, and then or House with Dorian Finney-Smith, actually, yeah, and then Harden on Hardaway. Yeah, hey. or House on Hardaway. That that actually probably makes a little bit more sense. I think House is a better defender than James. So you're telling me that I, I knew Collie Stein wasn't going to be in the bubble, but Dwight Powell's not going to be in the bubble either. I don't now that because he he didn't show up in the box score, and I do now now that I'm seeing this, I don't believe he's either injured or something. Okay, the the Mavericks bench then I mean it takes a huge hit for me because who's their best? Who are their two best bench players based on the five that you just gave me? Is it? What Jalen Bronson and, and Maxi Klebler, Kleber, Maxi Kleba, Kleba, yeah, uh, yeah. So Kleba, Kleba comes off the bench. Delon Wright comes off the bench. Um, Trey Burke, Justin Jackson. That's probably their four. And then I doubt they're going to throw out Boban for this matchup because that would be um, that could be suicidal for for Dallas. Mm-hmm. I do Maybe think. Like- Maybe Perea gets some minutes. Um, maybe. Yeah. I could see a little bit of Tyson Chandler tomorrow night, too. If Porzingis I, is just dominating, I wouldn't be shocked to see a little Tyson Chandler off the Rockets maybe bench. Maybe if they put out Boban and Kristaps, but I doubt, I doubt that will happen. Okay. It's, I think it's, it's something to just keep an eye on because I think, I think you use the best term for this game. It, this is a tone setter. Um, you know, if Porzingis, you know, goes on one of those like eight points in, in four minutes kind of thing where he's just dominating, yeah. does Antony, you know, 
veer away from small ball as quickly as possible and put in Tyson Chandler. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's something to keep an eye on because then you'll know that that is definitely on the Rockets' mind, which I think it should be. So after all of this research, I finally found the tweet, um, and it says no Brunson, no Powell for Orlando, but they are with the team. Interesting. So no, so they have no Stein, no Paul or Powell, and no Jalen Brunson. Wow, Correct. interesting. That's why they signed uh, Trey Burke. Trey Burke is Jalen Brunson, or Trey Burke was the guy they signed for Willie Cauley Stein, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and he's repl- he's taking Jalen Brunson's role. Uh, that 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 hurts. I mean, I'm trying to come up with the words as as you're telling me that that hurts this Dallas team. Um, now the Rockets without Gordon. I mean, it hurts. But I do look at some of the moves that the Rockets have made, and I hope Dan Tony uses them in a game like this. You know, if, if Doncic is having a great game and, and it's clear that none of the, the main rotation guys can cover him, throw out a guy like Damari Carroll. Uh, what do you, what did you, did you see anything you liked out of Carroll in the first couple scrimmages? I guess the second and third. Honestly, first. no. Okay. I, it, like, to me, I think the Rockets are going to try to get to, I, I honestly think the Rockets are going to play eight guys, not including Eric Gordon. And when Eric Gordon comes back, they'll play nine guys. I think the eight guys that are going to play tomorrow are the starting five, Harden, Westbrook, House, uh, PJ, and, and Covington. And then your backups are McLemore, uh, Jeff Green, and Austin Rivers. And maybe they'll give some minutes tomorrow to Damari Carroll because it's Austin Rivers' first game. Or maybe they'll throw those minutes even to Chris Clemens. But I'd much rather – I think I'm much rather likely to see – Damari Carroll get those minutes. Maybe they just add more minutes, you know, between everybody. But I, I really think that the Rockets are going like and De- like D'Antoni's done every every year since he's been here. He's gonna crank. He's gonna crunch that rotation as much as he can until it's playoff time. And this is this is the playoffs. I mean, you know, this is just the the way we can see it is the second season. It's also the non-elimination playoffs, especially for the Rockets, because the Rockets are in a position where a couple bad games could slip you into seventh, and a couple of good games could get you up to second. And that is the ultimate number one goal for the Rockets here. It's, it's, it's very difficult. They're four games back to start, but it's doable if the Rockets go 8-0 or something crazy like that. And the Rockets could get two or maybe even as high as the third seed. And they build all of this momentum going into the elimination round of the playoffs. That, to me, is the best case scenario. And that's what you need to start doing tomorrow. Is you need to start building this momentum for when these games are actually must-win scenarios. So, yes, this is a must-win game in your definition because this game builds the momentum. However... If the Rockets were to lose this game, now, that, that's something we can bring up now. If the Rockets were to lose this game, what would they have to do? Why like, why do they lose this game? And what do they have to do after this game to kind of get back on track? Uh, the number one reason for a loss tomorrow night will be the inability 
to slow down Porzingis and Doncic. Um, if they just go off for monster games, because especially after what you just told me, that you know a good amount of their bench firepower, if you will, is not there. Um, I mean, if, if Porzingis goes off for like 30 and 15 and Doncic has one of those 40 pieces, then you know there's a good chance that you could lose. Um, but the other thing that always scares me when you play a team like Dallas is the inability to slow down their auxiliary pieces. You know, it's when you play the when you when the any team played the Warriors, you know, you always knew that Steph was going to have a good game and Durant would have a good game and, and Green and Thompson, but great teams couldn't beat that when they gave up 15 points to Andre Iguodala. When they let Kevon Looney score 12 and grab seven or eight rebounds. Um, when they let guys, I'm trying to think of another example. You know what I mean, though? Where their, guy, their big guys are going to score, but you have to slow down their other guys. And with Dallas, if the Rockets don't slow down Tim Hardaway Jr., if they don't slow down Dorian Finney-Smith, if they let Berea come in and get nine points, if they let, uh, what's his name, Seth Curry go off for 15 and you don't slow down Porzingis and and, uh, and Doncic, the Rockets will not win this game. Um, I guess we'll get to our official predictions a little bit later in the show of what we think will happen. If the Rockets let all of those things happen in this game and they lose, then then they got to look in the mirror. And there's no reinforcements coming outside of Gordon. I mean, you can't add to this roster. You're not all of a sudden going to go find size if you can't slow down Porzingis. You know. So if Tyson Chandler doesn't play in this game and Porzingis has a monster game, then D'Antoni needs to rethink the lineup. Uh, if they can't slow down Doncic and De- Demari Carroll doesn't play, should they give Demari Carroll some run? Another interesting guy that we haven't talked about yet on the show is Bruno. Bruno's got some decent size. Does D'Antoni have enough faith and trust to give him any minutes just to give the opposing team some a different look? Maybe. I don't know. The thing is, the thing is, Mike, what the reason these guys that you mentioned, if, if this were the middle of the season, if there were 20 games into the playoffs, there were, you know, 15 games before the playoffs, then maybe I could look into these guys. But at this point, it's crunch time. You got to play your best team that you possibly can. And you, that, that that's not Damari Carroll. It's not Bruno. It's it's your eight nine guys. It's it's very simple. It, it, we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's you're gonna play your rotation, your eight guys. That's it. And those guys are gonna either win you the game or they're gonna lose you the game. And the reason why the Rockets will lose tomorrow is if Porzingis and Luca go off while Russ and James do not. This is a Russ and James game. This is. One of those games where they have to be the ones to just take the team, put them on their back, and run. This isn't a game where you're going to see Ben McLemore go for 30 and you're going to win the game. That's that's not what this game was meant for. This game, because of now when we get to Milwaukee, that could that's a, that's a game that I could see where you might need a guy like that to go for 30 and win the game. But this is a Stars versus Stars game. That's what... This Mavericks team is because they their their depth is depleted, similar to how the Rockets is with Gordon. 
But with a game like Milwaukee, when the team plays them on Sunday, that team, they're all depth. So that's how you win that game is, is you match their depth. This game, we've established that Luka and Porzingis are one and two. So it's, it's a heavyweight fight. This is not a bantamweight fight, Mike. This is a heavyweight fight, and this is game number one, the first game they've played in 142 days. And if you don't win this game, it's because your superstars did not show up. Yeah. I mean, that's perfectly put, man. Um, not a ton to add to it. Uh, I'm excited. Above all else, I want to make sure our listeners realize that this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be unlike anything else that I think basketball fans have ever watched. It's you also know? going to be very, very stressful. It is. You know, it, it is, but I'm for the next, I would say, 24 hours since we're recording Thursday night, um, up until tip-off, I'm just going to be in a euphoric state knowing that I get to watch my team, man. Like, I get to watch our guys, you know, and they uh, – I don't care what anybody else says. I really don't. In my eyes, until I'm proven otherwise, this team has as good a chance to win a title as any other team in the bubble. They, they genuinely do in my eyes. Do they have deficiencies? They absolutely do. Every team does. Um, no matter what anybody tells you. The Rockets are going to play Milwaukee on Sunday. Without Eric Bledsoe, one of their most important players. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen day-to-day in the bubble. Injuries, people, you know, something happens and a player has to leave. The Clippers don't have uh, Lou Williams. I mean, there's so many different things that can happen that the Rockets have to come out against the Mavericks and put their foot on their throat and say, you have superstars, so do we. We've been here. We've played teams better than you the past couple years. We have Russell Westbrook. We have James Harden. Let's go. Lace them up and go. Because also, in a way, I feel like if the Rockets don't come out, like I feel like the Rockets honestly have the most to prove in the West because they've been here before. Versus a team like the Lakers, very brand new. The Clippers, very brand new. Denver, also very brand new. The Rockets, even though, you know, Westbrook is just joining the team this year, I feel like Harden as a staple. Harden's the only superstar that has been established as a superstar that has been there for longer than three or four years. And Harden has always been bridesmaid. And if they don't win, the the voices are going to be louder for the Rockets if they lose than if L.A., the Lakers lose, the Clippers lose, the Nuggets lose. The Rockets have the most pressure to perform here because if they don't, they're going to hear it. And the window is also, in my opinion, the window is tighter for the Rockets than it is for most of these teams. Yes, you have Harden and Westbrook, and they're, you know, they're probably the be- – in my opinion, the best backcourt in the bubble right now is Harden-Westbrook. But they're both 30. You don't know what's going to happen past this year. You might have the best year of Harden-Westbrook right in front of you. And if you don't take an opportunity and claim that championship, then you might not ever get one. And it all starts tonight, Mike. 
This yeah. is the time to seize the moment. Seize the day. Carpe diem. The Rockets are going to have to carpe diem today, win this game, and then move on to Milwaukee on Sunday and then just keep chipping away with that goal in the back of their heads, but also just one game at a time, chipping away and silencing the haters. Well, one thing I, I, I want to say with in response to what you just said, I think the double standard on what you just said for people is nauseating. Like, LeBron James never has been to the Western Conference playoffs. You're going to tell me that if he gets knocked out in the second round, which I think there's a very legitimate shot that they do, you think the critics, if the, let's say the Rockets, let's say the Rockets and the Lakers both get knocked out in the second round. You think the Lakers are going to get less or more criticism than the Rockets? Obviously, you think it's less, mm-hmm. right? I think that I think the Rockets will get more criticism, honestly, because the Lakers hadn't have a lot of guys that haven't played in the playoffs. That's the argument they'll come up with. They'll say AD has not been past the first round, or only been past the first round once. Uh, LeBron, it's his first year, you know, acclimating with the Lakers. The Rockets don't have that to fall back on. Uh, James Harden, James Harden never got any of those statements that you just said. That's the double standard to me. I get it. I get why people do yeah, it. He's also, a, also LeBron's won three rings. James has not won one. Yeah, and LeBron won all of those in a weaker Eastern Conference every but year. But he also compared- beat the Warriors, Mike. He also beat the Warriors, and he's the king. He's the king. That's just that's just how life is sometimes. Sometimes you're born as the chosen one. You're born as the king. You have all this that's given to you on your way in. And that's the life LeBron has. And James Harden, that's not his life. James Harden was, you know, under the radar, went very good player, went to not a basketball powerhouse school with Arizona State. He goes to a small market team. They're really, really good. But he's seen as kind of the afterthought because they just the same team just so happened to draft two MVPs in the two previous years. So you deal him and then you give him a platform to succeed on his own. But he that's one thing that James Harden hasn't done that separates him from the LeBrons, from the Kawhis, from those guys, is he hasn't won a ring. It's fair. And this is the opportunity to do it. There is no to me, I don't see how the Rockets are gonna have a better chance. To win this, cha- uh, to win a championship in this year, uh, to me, like I-, I really hope they win it this year because I don't. You can't convince me that they'll win it next year, or they'll have they'll have as good of a chance as they did this year. You just like I think this is their best opportunity. This is, in my opinion, better than last year's team. Not as good as that sixty-five win team in twenty eighteen, but they're pretty close. Uh, I would take them in this. I would take the 18 team in about a seven-game series. But this is a good team. This is a really good team. And they just so happen to be in sixth place because the West is stacked. They have to go through the gauntlet to to get to this title. And it's yeah. all here in Orlando. Gotta love it, man. The You're absolutely right. And I think the X factor, not only tonight, but the rest of the way, will be James Harden. This is if James can – Put this team on his back. And I'm not saying there's a difference between putting the team on his back and being the leader of the team. I think there's a difference because I think Russ is going to be the emotional and vocal leader of this team. But if James Harden puts this team offensively on his back, contributes defensively, and I'll I'll say it every show that we do until I'm proven right, because I think I will be. If the Rockets are a top eight defensive team, 
they will go to the Western Conference Finals. And James Harden is going to be important in that, being one of the best post-guard defenders in the league. Um, offensively, everybody knows what he's going to do. Play your game, dude. Don't be looking at the refs. Don't cry to the refs. Play your game and go do your thing. And with that, I'm telling you, let's get to predictions for tonight. Because I want to give my official prediction, but I want yeah. you to go first. Before we park the rocket ship, one uh, yep. one last prediction. Just give me a score and give me a leading score for the Rockets. The Houston Rockets win this game 104 to 99. James Harden leads all scorers between both teams with 34 points. 34 for James in a win. I don't know if the scoring going to be that low. I, I expect to be a little bit higher. Uh, I'll go 115-110 in favor of the Rockets. I'll be I'll be kind, um, and I'll say 37 for the Beard in a win. So we both have to win in by five. Okay. Yeah, this is a James game. James has looked better than any other Rocket, and this is his team, and he needs to be Batman. Slim Jim and the Pocket Rockets. Slim Jim. Go get that win. Stoked. And this is a good place to park the Rocket ship. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Harden My Take. Be sure to catch everything that's going on with Houston Rockets basketball by following us on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Check out all of our content over at thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We have you covered throughout this whole Orlando bubble. Man, basketball is back, you guys. Be sure to also give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so. Check out our articles on thedreamshake.com going on. And tune in during tonight's game at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. And... Go to thedreamshake.com because we will have our game thread open. We want to re-engage our Red Nation family. So head over to thedreamshake.com for tonight's game thread. Be sure to follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, at... You can follow me at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J-E-R-E-M-Y, E-R-E-N-E-R. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's get a win tonight. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. 
a little spoiler for you. If a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.